Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to episode 282 of Geek Time Radio. I am back this week with Daryl. How are you doing? Hey there. It's great to be back. I'm doing pretty good, thanks. Good. Been a while since you've been on. So what have you been up to? I have finished the entire run of The Wilds, the new drama from Amazon, which sees a group of teens must survive after a crash leaves them stranded. Yes. There's just one twist of this drama. These girls did not end up on this island by accident, which is something that you find out in the very first episode. Yeah. But it's an amazing show. It reminds me a bit of The Society, and you get to see what teenagers are like by themselves with no other rules constraining them and no adult supervision. Mm. There's a lot of flashbacks as we learn about each girl individually. There's a lot of conflict. It just sucks you in, because I, I probably watched it over about a week, mm. I think, maybe a week and a half. Unfortunately, it doesn't really end as much as it stops. So, <laughs> right. so it's very much it's very much one of those things where you go, you really need to be announcing that season two now because it's less of a season two and more of a part two. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they I think they have renewed it. Have yes, it has. It's been renewed for a second season, so it is coming back. It's one of those I've spoken to. I think it was the production designer for it, and they got caught in COVID right at the very end of it. So some of the end of it was changed because they had to move a few things around so that might have had something to do with why it sort of feels like it stops I, I think they filmed that you know they did film it sort of as they intended to but I think they had to move some of the locations and uh, they had to shift I think a bunch of it because they were shooting in New Zealand and they had to move a bunch of it back to America and so there, there were some COVID issues when they were trying to finish it it was like just as the first sort of lockdown started to hit and stuff so that might explain white in that position but it has uh, been renewed for a second season so it will be coming back so hopefully you'll get a bit more of a resolution next season yeah as I say yeah I definitely I would recommend it if you like those Lord of Flies society sort of teams yeah. and things obviously there's lots of melodrama but it is definitely a fun watch the next thing is another Amazon Prime but one of its premium channels I've been watching The Stand yes stars. which is a Stephen King adaption from the first episode you can smell that money <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole lot of money that's gone into this. Over in the US, it's a CBS production scene. It goes out on CBS on their online service, their streaming service. Yes, all access, um, all access, soon all to access, be called. That's it. 
Paramount Plus. Is oh, what they're is that what they're calling it? Yes, okay. they're, they're changing the name because apparently people outside of the US know Paramount better than yeah, uh, CBS um, All Access. That does That's make sense, yeah. The idea. I, well, I think they do know Paramount more. Um, well, it's very well made because it's, it shows an epidemic. So that first episode, that might give you some feelings. Yeah. So that's just a warning because it really does just show the complete sort of collapse of humankind rather quickly. Right. And it's sort of, it's a bit too close to home. But mm. it's a slow burn because there are some supernatural things within it. But right. those, you just have to learn about more of those maybe in the third and the fourth episode, which is the ones that are out now. So it's a very slow burn. Interesting cast. Got Skarsgård as the antagonist, Alexander. Right. Yeah, so you'll um, have to narrow his, that down a exactly. bit. <laughs> yeah, because there are so many of them. Doing his nice charismatic but scary thing. Yeah. I'm not familiar with the book itself, but I can remember catching the early casting news and hearing about this and decided that it was something that I wanted to try. It just seemed quite interesting because it's a, it's a good and evil fight. It's got Whoopi Goldberg, which is not someone you see recently in roles outside of her, you know, doing her um, talk shows and stuff. So that's quite interesting. Yeah. It's nice that we don't have to wait too long because obviously it's a US show first. We're only a few episodes behind. Oh, good. So you don't have to, you don't have to dodge too many spoilers. Yeah. Um, you will be seeing Kathy McNamara, obviously, who's no longer part of our verse as it stands. Y- yes, yes. With the, they... with the collapse of um, Green Now and the Canaries. Yeah. Yes. But she has a recurring role in this. So if you like Stephen King, I think it's a pretty good adaption so far. Okay. Yeah. My next thing was I decided to jump on the train. Now the Netflix are going crazy with all their films. Yes. I watched one of them, which is Outside the Wild, which is their military sci-fi offering starring Anthony Mackie and Damson Idris, who's a British actor. Right. The simplest way is at the very beginning, you see a drone pilot is getting involved in a situation where you can see his men pinned down and he makes a decision and goes against orders and... And he is punished by being actually sent away from the U.S. and his little remote control bunker thing Mm -hmm. into the action. Right. Where he is placed under Leo, who, as we find out quickly, is a android military officer, special operations, they call him. Mm. And they go out outside the wire, which is obviously outside the controlled area, on a special mission. And it sort of goes from there. Interesting. It starts out feeling like just your every other action military film you've ever seen but just about I don't know say a third or two thirds in there's a shift and it does something that I wasn't expecting and it becomes a lot more interesting and a lot more engaging cool I mean it's a good cast I don't know Damson Idris particularly but he was in Snowfall Anthony Mackie obviously I, I know reasonably well uh, Michael Kelly's in there as well from um, House of Cards was probably yeah. the big thing he was in and he was in some he's, of the criminal minds he's, well. he's in a lot of stuff yeah yeah, yeah he's, he's like one of those faces that pop up and go I know that guy uh, Jack Ryan he was in as well recently yeah he does he does that scary government agent thing very well yes yeah so you often see him doing things like that yeah you also get a quick appearance by Christian Tenterry Young who you saw in Warrior Nun because of course you've watched it after we right. spoke so globally yes. about it yeah those are sort of main faces but yeah cool. uh, bear with it it's a little long at nearly two hours it takes a while to get started but yeah, I enjoyed watching it. Good. That's one that I need to sit down and watch. So there's a whole bunch of Netflix films that I really should sit down and watch and just haven't yet. And the last thing is I grabbed Star Wars Light of the Jedi by Charles Sewell. 
if you remember back to what was it was it I guess it was the Comic Con event they had a special panel where they spoke all about Star Wars and its massive plans and part of that was Star Wars The High Republic which is set 200 years before the Skywalker saga and it shows the Republic at the height of its powers where there's a beacon of democracy and this is the sort of the starting book and as well as this book which you just consider it just a sci-fi novel you also have a YA novel coming a children's book coming (laughs) comic titles from ID Comics and for Marvel a video game set in this on the table and a TV show announced The Outcast it's not The Outcast it's The Acolyte isn't it Acolyte sorry yeah yeah, Acolyte yeah Uh, The Light of the Jedi follows a story after a terrible accident takes place which really shakes things up and forever changes the Republic and it's just how you see the Republic and the Jedi who at that time are rather large consisting of thousands of Jedi Knights Padawans and a few Grandmasters and how they react to it yeah. and the effect it has on those around and obviously this will then go on to be felt within the stories that are in the next installments yeah it's quite interesting they've started building this and they're all canon as well so yes. as everything is that they release now so they've started building this this whole love of High Republic world in comic books and in audio books and all this sort of stuff before there's been anything on like TV or, or films or that sort of stuff which is kind of an interesting way round of them doing it I thought yeah I think they see the success of the expanded universe and how much people even fans of the films will talk about characters who never appeared in the films and who are only known yeah. to the books they realised that that was prime real estate to be grabbing so yeah I think that was the thing I mean people complained about the fact that they ditched the expanded universe but I, yep. I sort of understand I, yeah, I, I kind of understand why they they did that because they didn't want to be tied to this whole bunch of extraneous stuff that were written by a whole bunch of different people and then there's licensing I'm sure and all that sort of thing whereas Mm -hmm. because of the fact that a lot of that stuff wasn't I think done directly under license and there's all sorts of issues with it so I I sort of get why they did that but I like the fact that they are now folding certain bits of it and certain characters back in in a slightly different way like we've had the re-emergence of Thrawn and characters like that that were hugely popular in the expanded universe that they've mm. folded back into canon again now so it's it's nice that they're starting to build this expanded world again and they've been doing it with the comic books and stuff for a while on the main timelines and expanding things like rebels and that sort of stuff so i'm down with this i'm really interested to see what they do with it it looks really cool and it's an area that we haven't really seen before as well this sort of you know lots of jedi all over the place that's what you want absolutely so for me gaming wise i picked up a new game called dyson sphere program which i'm really quite enjoying it's one of those building games because as you know that's the thing that i do more than anything else is is these sort of building games it's very much in the feel of something like factorio or um satisfactory if you've played either of those games where the idea is you're you're this little robot character you're dropped on this planet and you're trying to to mine resources to build sort of stuff out so you can uh, you can expand this base and populate this world. It's all about kind of setting up factories and then setting up conveyor belts that run from one thing to another and you've got to kind of mine one thing to be able to turn it into something else to be able to turn it into something else and you end up with these kind of really complex building systems. It's t- 
technically in early access, but it's one of the most complete early access games I've played. And it was only like, I think I paid £13 for it because it was like 10% off, but it's like £15 full price. And I've probably played about 15 hours worth of it so far. So I'm still only probably a third of the way through the tech tree right now of sort of building up the various different bits and pieces. There seems to be a lot of work gone into it and they've released it as relatively well put together, obviously not complete, but it's very well put together. The graphics are really sweet. They do a really nice job because you end up kind of dropped onto this planet and you can mine stuff on there. But there are some resources which you can get by crushing up rocks and stuff, but it takes forever. But there are silicate veins on other planets in the solar system. So you can eventually get rocket things on your little robot avatar and fly off to different planets and then set up mining colonies on those as well and then fly back and kind of bring stuff backwards and forwards. And eventually you can build big transport hubs that send ships between planets. And the idea is you're sort of populating this entire solar system. It's just really, really good fun. If you like those sort of building games, if you love things like Satisfactory, if you love things like Factorio, this is very much a game for you. And I would urge people to go out and buy it if you love those sort of building games. It's really, really good fun. It's called Dyson Sphere Program. If you want to go and look it up on Steam, that's where you can get it now. I don't know whether there's any console releases for it yet, but uh, certainly it's available on PC on Steam if you want to go and find that. TV-wise, I'm continuing with One Division, and uh, I'm on season five of the Vikings saga now, so I am slowly working through that. I have this feeling I might not get to the end of it before all the other TV shows start to kick back in again. So uh, I'm How have you wasted all this time, Dave? I know, I know. Are it's, you, been a, it's been a dearth of TV for months. Yeah, I, I know. I had other stuff that I've been watching and uh, I've been catching up on, and I didn't start until sort of after Christmas catching up on Vikings, and I was only like halfway through season two at the time. So I too have been watching One Division. Yes. What do you think of it? Are you enjoying it? I thought the first two episodes were a bit slow. Episode three sort of prods or something might be happening. Yes. But at the moment, I sort of feel like I can see the line of the plot, so I'm hoping it's going to surprise me. I don't know, maybe because I have too much knowledge of previous series in the comics. Mm. So I have some idea of how this will go. I'm hoping it's going to get more interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've been enjoying what they've been doing with it in terms of how they set up the characters and the the whole sort of retro TV thing. I've been quite enjoying that. I like the fact that it is sort of slowly cracks are starting to show. And I'm guessing it's going to get more and more that as you go further into it. But Mm -hmm. I'm kind of hoping they don't do that for the entire series and then suddenly it all breaks in the final episode. I would like it to break earlier than that. Well, they did say that it's like a Marvel action movie in the last two episodes, so it'll have to break before then, I would suspect. Right, okay. It depends when it does start to completely break down, because I'm enjoying what they're doing with the kind of sitcom-y thing with it. I am quite enjoying that. But yes, it has been a little bit slow with the reveals. We've got some idea of what's going on, but I do want it to push it a little bit more right now. Wonder seems to have some control over what what's going on in there but it's still not entirely clear what's actually happening so um, I'm enjoying it though it's one of those things that I think I would have binged my way through the entire thing had they released it all at once because it is yeah. very sort of I want to know what happens next yeah I feel like it would have been better as yeah. I understand obviously it's a long plan with all these series with all the phase one or whatever you want to call them series mm. are weekly and will be weekly for like 26 weeks or something crazy like that yeah once 
could have all back to back to back to back. Yeah. I guess it works like that. But one division, I think maybe more than the other ones. I think it also, because it jumped its spot because of COVID. Yes. Perhaps we might have been less judgy about it if we had already seen Winter Soldier and Falcon. Yeah. And then into this. Yeah. So I guess it drew the short story that it was a weird show and it came out first. Yeah. Whereas Falcon and Winter Soldier, I think he's going to be much more traditional sort of, yeah, what we expect for an MCU thing, I would have thought yeah, so. Yeah, I would so as well. Yes, I mean, possibly true that. But I mean, it's not that it's bad and it's not that I'm not enjoying it. I am really enjoying it, but I would have liked to have almost had it all at once so I could have binged through it in one go because it is very kind of, I want the next one now. I want to know what's happening. But it's it's good. And uh, certainly if you've not got a Disney Plus subscription yet, it, it will be worth getting one, I think, once the whole thing's come out, I would hope. So yes, I've been catching up with that. It's a sin. The Russell T. Davis drama that is on Channel 4, and it's also all out on all four as well. You can go and download all the episodes on there. I mentioned a few weeks ago, I'd, I've seen the first episode of this because they did a, a press screening of it, and I really, really enjoyed it. I think it is the best thing that Russell T. Davis has ever written. It follows this young group of lads set in the 80s. They are suddenly becoming aware that there is this disease that is killing gay men, and there's this group of young people who are, are just discovering their, their lives and you know some of them are leaving home and they're, they're discovering their sexuality and, and all that sort of stuff. It's really interesting watching it going through a pandemic as well at the moment. It's really interesting watching this and hear them talking about things that they were obviously saying at the time of uh, oh well I don't believe it's just you know how could it be a disease that just kills gay men? That's ridiculous. You know and mm. uh, saying oh well it's they're saying it's cancer but you can't catch cancer like that you know it can't be infected like that how's it transfer you know they're talking in in the ways that you hear people talking about covid this of course was dropped before any of this happened so it's not a reaction to the pandemic it, it just shows how it's sort of you know that misinformation stuff has always been around but although in this particular case it was less misinformation than the fact that they just had no information because nobody talked about it it was sort of in a few little bits and pieces of the press but it was really very much brushed under the carpet and you know even doctors didn't want to deal with it and it's really interesting and really eye-opening it's some wonderful wonderful writing from Russell T. Davis. The characters are incredibly likeable. I really fear for what's going to happen to some of them because I suspect they're not going to all make it out alive. I mean, there are, are a few notable characters that don't even make it out of the first episode. So mm. it is utterly superb. It is darkly funny in places, but it has that sort of trademark Russell T. Davis feel to it. You know what he's writing is like. It can sort of spin from being incredibly hilariously funny one minute to incredibly dark the next and and this is no exception it's just a beautiful well-written piece of work and uh, i've seen the first two episodes now i am going to go and watch the rest of it probably this week because it's only like five episodes long but it, it's utterly brilliant and really really interesting and well well worth watching 
that's it's a sin on channel four and the other thing is star trek lower decks which is uh, landed on amazon in the uk we've been waiting for ages for this to come up animated series and follows the lower decks crew of a star trek ship they're not on the enterprise they're on this little sort of secondary ship these aren't the people that do the first contacts these are the people that do the second contacts these are the people that come along after the enterprise has found this new species and they want to join the federation and gets them to sign all the forms and that sort of stuff they're the people that do the paperwork they're the people that clean up other people's messes and deal with all the mundane stuff that goes on and the crew that you're following are the people that are on the lower decks of that ship so these are the people on the ship that clean out the coffee filters and clean the air ducts and do all the manual jobs that you know people have to do on the the starship stylistically it's sort of star trek meets rick and morty meets the orville there are definitely elements of all those sort of things in there it still does feel very star trek though they've done quite a good job of keeping that together yes it's kind of more out there and wackier than a standard star trek episode would be but it still does feel like it is part of the star trek universe and still fits very well so i've been really enjoying it i think it's very very funny and um it's nice to have something like this that is lighter in that sort of star trek universe i'm glad that they came out with this i'm very much looking forward to to watching more of it when the second season come out have you caught any of this yet no i have been tempted to give it a try but i'm not sure it is well worth watching if you like star trek and uh, particularly if, if you like things like rick and morty certainly if you like those sort of animated stuff or the orville actually i mean you know it, it's definitely one that's worth looking at it's really really funny and uh, you know I, I think it works better when it leans in a bit more to some of the in jokes as well there are certain episodes where a couple of familiar faces pop up and i think it, it actually works slightly even better if when they do that as well because it allows some of those familiar characters to play around a bit more as well which is good fun the entire first season the lower decks is up on uh, amazon prime in the uk right now if you want to go and watch that so that's the stuff we've been doing this week let's move on to some tv and film news <laughs> So we start off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. Not so much a cancellation, but there is something coming to an end they announced this week. Uh, Peaky Blinders is going into production on its sixth and final season. Although, having said that, we are going to get more of it after this sixth season by the sides of it as well. The original plan was there were going to be seven seasons of it. Stephen Knight had kind of mulled over the idea of a seventh season. Because of COVID, that's become too difficult to shoot and they don't think they're going to manage to do it 
a seventh season. So what he has said is they're going to make the six seasons the final season, but he's always planned to end it with a movie afterwards and he's still planning to end it with a movie afterwards. So they'll do a sixth season and then, I mean, they haven't officially picked up a film, but he's then saying there definitely will be a film. And, you know, he's Stephen Knight. I'm fairly sure he can make that happen. And Peaky Blinders is a huge property. So I, I think they should be able to pull that off. Maybe it's time that this came to an end. It's just a very impressive run for British show. Yeah, it is. Six seasons is not to be sniffed at really as a run for a British show. And like I say, there is supposed to be a film coming off after it. So uh, yeah, and I, I think they'll manage to pull that off. Whilst I will be sad to see it go, I think it's probably time. It's one of those shows where I'm I'm not sure how much further forward you can get with it. I don't know where else you take the characters. So uh, that's a good place to stop, I think. Renewal's Snowpiercer has been renewed for a third season before the second season has even aired. So the second season, I think, comes out this week. They've announced that the third season will be coming straight after that. Although it airs on Netflix internationally, it's actually a TNT show in the US. They're the people that commissioned it for a third season, which I'm very happy about. I thought the first season of this was excellent. So uh, I'm very much looking forward to the second. And now we know we've got a third, which is great news. Netflix have themselves renewed Bridgerton for a second season. I, did you watch any of this? I haven't caught any of this. No, I haven't watched any of it. Yeah. I just heard the Twitter storm. Yes, there was a lot of talk about this show. It seems to have gone down reasonably well, although varying points of view of things, but definitely been a lot of people talking about it. So uh, that will be back for a second season. A few interesting pickups. Uh, Private Eyes, which used to run on the Universal Channel, that has been picked up for its full season on Sky Witness. That's where it will be airing now. Uh, that's coming the 4th of February, Thursday, the 4th of February to Sky Witness and Now TV. I think Burden... Oh. I think Burden of Truth's the only one of those shows that's now missing in action still from Universal. Um, which, annoyingly, is the only one of those shows that I used to watch that was on Universal. Oh, so you don't, you don't watch Private Eyes? No, I haven't been. Straight although, um, I, I know a lot of people say it's a really fun show, so I should go back and watch that because the first three seasons are now all up streaming as well. That is on my list of things that I maybe will go back and watch. Burden of Truth was the only one that I kind of watched regularly and uh, that still hasn't shown up yet, so that's kind of annoying. Rami, which is a comedy drama which follows the first generation Egyptian-American who's on a spiritual journey on his politically divided New Jersey neighbourhood. That originally aired on Stars Play in the UK, but Channel 4 picked that up. If you haven't got Stars Play and you wanted to see that, that's coming on the 5th of February. Five past eleven, because weird Channel Four scheduling. But five past eleven, they're uh, airing that, and that's Rami. Disney Plus announced that all five seasons of the iconic The Muppet Show is uh, going to land on the nineteenth of February to Disney Plus as well. So that's the original Muppet Show TV series. I'd be very interested to go back and watch that and see how it holds up because I have such fun memories of watching that as a kid. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you've never seen them, they were very funny. They had a ridiculous amount of guest stars on that show as well. I always think it's a shame that they've tried all sorts of things with the Muppets. They've never really tried going back and doing that show again. And I kind of think that's a mistake. I would like to see them go back and just recreate that show again and see whether it works still. And then uh, advanced things coming over the next couple of months. You're not going to be short of stuff to watch. So if you go and check the website, there are going to be dates coming up in February 
for SEAL team is coming back. One Chicago, all the Chicago's are coming back. Zero, 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 that drug trafficking drama, which I think Gabriel Burns, the star of that, that looks really good. Last week tonight with John Oliver is back for All Mankind. Plus there's the launch of Star on Disney Plus mid-February as well, which is this new channel that's going to add some mature content onto Disney Plus, but we don't know exactly what yet. That will add to your Disney Plus subscription. It'll also make your Disney Plus subscription more as well. That's going up from February. So if you you want to get Disney Plus, buy it for a year right now, because if you wait until mid-February after they add Star, it's going to be going up by like £20 a year or something. Oh, wow, that much? Yeah, it's going up from like $5.99 to $7.99 a month, I think. I have no idea when my year runs up. No, unfortunately, I don't think you can buy another year now if you're already in it, which is annoying. Yes, that is annoying. It is going up quite a bit, but uh, there is going to be a lot more content on there as well. So, you know. Well, there was exactly a lot of content on there, was there? Well, yeah, exactly. Not for the UK. No, and we don't know what's coming on Star either because they haven't actually released a full list of it yet. So that is going to be interesting. Hopefully we'll get that in the next week or so. That would be nice. And then in March, you've got Your Honor coming to Sky Atlantic. Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier launches in March. Invincible, which is the animated series from Robert Kirkman, which has most of the Walking Dead cast for doing the voices for it. The Walking Dead itself is coming back. And uh, Grey's Anatomy Station 19 and The Good Doctor are all coming back to Sky Witness in March as well. So uh, those will be things to look out for. Speaking of shows coming to Sky, this morning Sky announced, I think the collective term is a buttload of shows. Basically, they've said, I think, 125 new and returning original dramas they've got over the next couple of years in total. Now, obviously, we're not going to go through all of those because that would take forever, but there, there were a few new things that they mentioned and a few upcoming things that they released trailers for. One of them was Bloods, which is a comedy which follows uh, two paramedic partners in the South London Ambulance Service. It's from the writers of Trollid. It stars Samson Ko and Jane Horrocks as the two partners. And they're, they're sort of, it's a sort of um, odd couple kind of relationship of these two people that don't get on but end up working together. There is a trailer for that up now on the website if you want to go and check that out. That's called Bloods and that's starting on the 10th of March on Sky One. Looks like it could be quite funny. Samson Ko seems to be in everything at the moment because he was in that Truth Seekers. Oh yeah. Amazon. Amazon. Time Wasters he was in and uh, Famalan and there was a whole bunch of other stuff as well. He, he seems to be one of those faces that's popped up in a whole bunch of things for the last sort of year or so, a couple of years. They've also dropped a trailer for Brassic Season 3 and Temple Season 2 which are both coming in the autumn they have said for those so that's when those will be back. In terms of the new dramas that they've announced there is a new drama called Wolf starring Babu Cisse who you might know from Gorilla Rogue One. Uh, what was the other thing you mentioned he was in? Into the Badlands. Into the Badlands he was in. Yes as well. So he's been in a bunch of different stuff. He plays a forensic pathologist. It's a new drama. It's written by Paul Abbott who is the person that wrote Shameless and No Offence. I didn't see Shameless but I thought No Offence was fantastic. Drama centres around this uh, forensic pathologist called 
Wolf. He's the North England's finest crime scene expert. He runs a local university forensics department working hand in hand with the police to investigate criminal scenes and pass on his laser sharp insight to the next generation of crime fighters. Half genius, half liability. He's worth the hassle as he gets results is the setup for it. Reading through this, it sounds very, very much like a setup for a sort of American style CBS Bones-esque kind of, you know, Fox drama thing. I mean, it's very much reading like that sort of thing. He's a doting family man. Well, he would be if his wife would let him move back into the family home. He attacks life with a mercurial approach as he deploys his scientific brain to each new case. But what works well on a crime scene at home, not so much. He's got a team surrounding him. There's a child prodigy called Maggie. There's a middle-aged mum called Dot, a team's etymologist and closest nerd called Steve. There's also a new recruit called Dominic, who is as bright as a button but carries baggage of a very dark past. It's no coincidence that she ended up here in this team. Dominic is here for a reason which puts her in opposition with Wolf, and one of them is going to come out of this a lot worse off. So that seems to be the, the sort of underlying subplot for the thing. The fact that it's from Paul Abbott, it's got a really good cast behind it, as well as Babu Cisse. It's got Naomi Yang, who is in Brave New World. It's got Amanda Abington who from Sherlock. It's got Adam Long from Happy Valley. So yeah, I mean, it, it seems to have a really, really good cast. I love Paul Abbott's writing. Does this one appeal to you? I have my hands full of all the procedurals I did. <laughs> I think this sounds like it could be a really interesting sounding procedural, this one. It's arriving on Sky One in the autumn, so that will be one to look out for, and it's called Wolf. That's Wolf with an E on the end, if you want to keep an eye out for that. Another show they picked up is The Midwitch Cuckoos, which is coming to Sky One in 2022. They've said uh, this is an adaptation of John Wyndham's classic sci-fi novel. It's from David Farr, who's the man that wrote The Night Manager and Hannah, the Amazon series. It's an eight-part series that updates the novel to present day and relocates it to a commuter town in the south of England, 40 miles outside London. If you don't know the story of the Midwich Cuckoos, it's also been made into various films, I think twice before, as Village of the Damned. That's the background behind it. So it's this sleepy commuter town in south of England. Great place to bring up children. One September evening, part of the town suddenly falls unconscious. All the humans, animals, pass out on their feet without warning and without reason. For 12 hours, nobody can get into this sort of blacked out zone around the town no phones work cameras can't see in and then something truly inexplicable happens every woman of childbearing age has fallen pregnant and the spawn of these pregnancies are called the midwitch cuckoos and it's this group of really creepy children that end up being born that sort of change the community forever that's the setup for it i mean i generally don't do kind of horror things very much but i don't know this one sounds kind of interesting I don't know whether this one appeals to you. Yep, it sounds, it sounds interesting to me. I remember watching the original adaptions of Children of the Damned, Black and White. It's quite creepy. It's a fun to watch. Yeah. Don't know whether that's going to be like a mini series or whether it's going to be something, you know, that they extend beyond the books maybe. But at the moment, they're, they're saying it, it's going to be an eight-part adaptation of the novel. So uh, we'll see how it goes. But I think that we want to look out for. 2022, that one is landing. And also in 2022, they've got one called 
Extinction, which is, is kind of a action thriller version of Groundhog Day, basically. It's from John Barton, who was the writer of Girl Hajai and Humans. He was one of the writers on Humans. It stars Papa Esadu, who was one of the stars of I May Destroy You, as a man who joins an organisation that can turn back time in order to save the planet from catastrophic events. It described as a propulsive action thriller that follows the story of a man who begins to relive time after witnessing the world's end. When George is recruited into an organisation of people who share his ability and harness it to stop global catastrophes, George goes rogue in a bitch to save the woman he loves. Unfolding over eight blistering episodes, Extinction is a tense, gripping exploration of memory, fate and the limits of love and self-sacrifice, all shot through the trademark wit of writer Joe Barton. It's also got Tom Burke, who's in Strike in there, IG Mohindra from The Bodyguard, Caroline Quentin from Men Behaving Badly, randomly, is in there, uh, Charlie Clive from Pure. So that's the cast. Seems to have a pretty, fairly good cast on top of it. Uh, interesting sci-fi kind of sounding idea, I think. Sounds like it's worth a watch, yeah. Yeah, that one's called Extinction. That one comes out on Sky One. Again, it's uh, 2022 that one there is a a new comedy which i think we've mentioned before called safe space which is a new thing for greg davis plays a psychotherapist in a small town that dispenses advice to his clients to suit his own desperate needs to control them is the idea of it so i mean it sounds very much like a greg davis sort of setup for it greg davis if you can't picture him is the giant comedian that was in things like man down in between us we was in as well wasn't he and um taskmaster of of course as well which is the thing that he presents in and cuckoo is the other show as well plays a psychotherapist in a small market town in england likable but eccentric he's one of life's listeners on the surface michael is a safe pair of hands but unbeknownst to them michael's clients are sharing their innermost secrets and fears with a fantasist who will no longer sit in the shadows the advice michael Lear dispenses is that to which suits his own desperate need to control them for michael's clients their safe space is no longer safe at all it's written by Greg and Stephen Morrison who was one of the writers of Mandown as well and uh, it's from Avalon who are the people that make things like Taskmaster and um, Breeders and Last Week Tonight and Russell Howard and Spitting Image and a million other things as well sounds like very much a sort of Greg Davis vehicle this I think very much a role I could see him doing I, do you watch Greg Davis comedies? I've seen In Between Us that's the only one I've really seen obviously mm-hmm. I'm well aware of him I know like how popular he is and how many of the shows he has about at the moment because obviously Taskmaster is huge yeah it'd be nice to have him back on Uh, again that's 2022 that one is landing the other one that they announced which was slightly eyebrow raising this sceptered isle which is coming to Sky Atlantic in autumn 2022 so it's a little while off it will see Kenneth Branagh play Boris Johnson the UK Prime Minister in a five part drama that will chart the events surrounding the UK Prime Minister the government and the country in the face of the first wave of the global pandemic. It's from Michael Winterbottom, who is the person behind things like The Trip and a lot of other award-winning movies and uh, that sort of stuff. It is billed as a drama. It's not a comedy. I don't know. It just seems... I mean, it's an, uh, it's an odd bit of casting and autumn 2022 seems a little bit early to do. With any luck, we'll yeah, be out of the it. pandemic by then. But That's a gamble right there. Yeah. Oh, boy. Thoughts? 
<laughs> oh boy, I, I don't know if I would green light that. That, yeah. seems, that just seems far too soon. Far too soon. Yeah. I uh, mean, because it would literally have to be the best piece of drama ever not to just be snowed on the internet hate. I know. Because obviously it just happened and you're asking people to watch something which may well have affected them directly, you know, the death of someone they know, their mm. family. It could have cost them their job. Just seems far 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 too soon yeah and uh, i wonder what sort of tack they're gonna take with it as well that's the other thing as i say it it is being billed as a drama i mean michael winterbottom is an incredibly accomplished filmmaker so i mean that's a, a solid pair of hands for it but i don't know i just feel this is very 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 early to commission something like this and i worry about the perspective it's going to end up taking i just think you'd want to put a few years between the events of the pandemic and actually reflecting on it a bit because if this is coming out in 2022 they're going to end up shooting it whilst we're still in the midst of a pandemic yeah mm, that just i don't know neither do i neither do i i don't know what they were thinking i am not convinced by this but yeah they are making it it's called deceptodile i hate that title as well but um it's called deceptodile it's Coming to Sky Atlantic in autumn 2022 is the plan for it. So, um, yeah, um, interesting. Um, moving out of the Sky stuff, HBO over in America has put another Game of Thrones prequel in the works. This is called The Tale of Duncan Egg, which if you are a fan of the novels, you will be aware of those characters. It's in very, very, very early development at the moment. Duncan Egg were the two characters from the novellas, which are the the Hedge Knight, the Sworn Sword, and the Mystery Knight novellas, follows the adventures of the Hedge Knight, Sir Duncan Tall, who would become a legendary member of the Kingsguard, and his squire Egg, who would go on to become King Aegon Targaryen. So it's sort of the young life of, of Aegon Targaryen, basically. It's set around 90 years before the events of the main series. There are no writers attached, there are no directors attached or anything. So, I mean, we of course do have a another prequel series coming which is House of the Dragon and that's already kind of been filming in in production that's got Paddy Constantine in it as uh, Viserys it's got Matt Smith in it as the Prince Daemon Targaryen you've also got Olivia Cook in there as the daughter of uh, Otto Hightower the Hand of the King and Emma Darcy from True Seekers in there as uh, the princess of the uh, Targaryen family as well the eldest child of uh, Viserys so uh, that's House of the Dragon I think that's due to land, I think, next year, I think, is the plan for that. I do wonder whether they may be lining these up so if they can get this one into production, they'll do the shows every two years or something, so you'll have a kind of Game of Thrones every year with one being one show and one being the other, possibly. Maybe that's what they're mm. looking to do. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm surprised that they've started developing this now and not waited to see what the take-up is like for house of the dragon first because if that bombs i mean surely that would absolutely kill any possibility of any more game of thrones things coming out you would think wouldn't you i think that i guess it could be banking on the dearth of production mm. so to make it easier of a sale 
as if something new, yeah, I guess. Possibly. And you have to think they, they were very, very, very confident about Game of Thrones' final season, even if, yes, there was no reason for that. Yeah. But still, they were very, very confident. So well, I guess it is going through with that. Yeah, I mean, I... And to be fair, I mean, it was like five, but it's down to two, so... Yeah, that is true. I mean, at one stage, they did have five potential spin-offs in development. They are now sort of down to two. I don't know whether this was one of the ones out of the five or whether this had sort of come out as a... I feel, as a I feel like it they, was because I'm sure because I'm sure they were talking for ages and ages and ages about the Hedge Knight. Yeah. About that because that's a, I think that's the first book. So I'm sure right. they were always talking about doing, adapting this. Okay. Maybe that was one of the five. We know one of the ones that got rejected was the Jane Goldman one which they turned out they actually shot a pilot for that but they decided that they weren't going to yeah. move forward with, with that one. Part of the reason for it was the, um, the House of the Dragon is based on the book Fire and Blood whereas the Goldman one was like thousands and thousands of years before then and there was less stuff to work with so they mm-hmm. were having to structure and make up a lot more things and well we all know how slowly George writes so I, I think I, yeah so I, I, I think just trying to build out that world was just becoming a problem and, and uh, that was one of the reasons why I think that failed was there wasn't enough stuff to work with and they just weren't being able to kind of construct the world well enough for that so we have got house of the dragon coming and i mean the cast looked great for house of the dragon so uh, we'll we'll have to see what that comes out like but they are shooting that at the moment i think that's one to look out for then some casting news titans have found it's barbara gordon for the titan series when that returns for season three it's uh, savannah welsh is going to be playing barbara gordon in this savannah welsh it's i think it's actually her first major ongoing TV series. She's appeared in films, things like Terrence Malick's Tree of Life, Boyhood as well, which was the Richard Linklater film. She did pop up in the history Navy Seals drama six. This is the sort of first major ongoing TV role for her. She's going to play Barbara Gordon. Titan season three basically heads back to Gotham. And this version of Barbara Gordon that we're getting is slightly different to the comic book versions. Because, I mean, if you know the character of Barbara Gordon, she was obviously Batgirl. She's been Oracle. The version that we're actually seeing here is her playing Commissioner Gordon. So she's taken over her dad's job, which she does do in the comic books at times as well. She has, there have been alternate timelines where that has happened. It's not completely out of character. So, where she's described as having a combative relationship with Bruce Wayne and um, she also has a former relationship with Dick Grayson as well and the fact that Dick has now turned up back in Gotham with all the Titans with him is kind of complicated things and given her a bit of a headache uh, she is in a wheelchair they've kept the bit of the story where she uh, she got shot and paralysed by Joker so uh, she is wheelchair bound for this Savannah is actually a, an amputee as well she lost a right leg in 2016 apparently she was the the victim of a car accident Uh, she got hit by a car and uh, lost her leg in 2016 and has since become a sort of advocate and activist for the disabled community so uh, it's not good that they're you know they've got a disabled character on screen and they've they've got a disabled actress playing her which is great do you know this actress at all it's not what she's not an actress i know particularly no i'm not aware of this actress um it's an interesting change i do look forward to seeing this new style of gotham yeah 
Yes. Hopefully they make it more of a character in the story. Yeah. I, I think it's nice to see them go back and spend some time in Gotham. I know a number of people had issues with the second season of Titans in that it wasn't particularly well structured and uh, I'm I'm hoping they can solve a bit of that. Uh, although I add, hope so. Adding I more would, characters so. adding more characters in doesn't necessarily go to sort that out. But uh, yeah, so uh, obviously we've got all the original cast coming back. So that Brendan Thwaites, so Robin, Starfire, Raven, Beast Boy, they're all back. Connor Superboy is also back. Donna Troy is back. Hawk and Dove are both supposed to be back in as well. And Jason Todd is back, but we know he's morphing from Robin into Red Hood in this second season so he's going to be one of the bad guys this time around and Starfire's sister Blackfire is also in this season and we've also going to get Jonathan Crane aka oh God, it's a bit busy. Scarecrow yeah so they have it piled does, in a bit busy. yeah they are sort of piling in the characters this time around I just hope there's a kind of coherent plot to go with it season 3 is currently filming we don't know exactly when it's going to land but it will be on HBO Max in the US and Netflix in the UK when it eventually does that will be one to look out for don't know when that's going to land yet obviously because they've been uh, shut down filming because of the pandemic for most of last year so uh, so we'll see it is filming now though and that's all the news we've got for this week let's move on to some highlights for next week on tv highlights for next week we have bless this mess returning for the second and uh, i think final season because it was cancelled after two seasons this is the comedy about a couple that move from the sort of skyscrapers to farmhouses but realize that the simple life isn't as easy as they planned that's the uh, second season of bless this mess coming to fox on the 27th of january at 9 p.m damien which was a one season show it's one good of, lord uh, wait is this <laughs> damien with that with the actor from merlin was it an actor from merlin that was in it yep Arthur oh yeah yes yes it is so yeah and it's it's like five years old that show yes something (laughs) like that um so uh, yeah when is it transfer yeah uh, 2016 so um yes it is about five years old it's one of uh, fox's big box of cancelled shows that uh, (laughs) they've they've got that they seem to have acquired i'm guessing it's an old abc show Uh, it's an a and e show actually but yes it's Uh it's 20th century used to own it so um that's why it's in the big box of cancelled shows that they got from disney with your bargain bin yeah that bargain bin yeah damien that is a a version of the omen basically it's him as an adult he's a war photographer and things start happening that lead him to sort of question what happened during his youth and all the weird things that happened then Right. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's all spooky and stuff, yeah. There was one season of it. It was only 10 episodes long. It's got Bradley James in it, who was the guy that played Arthur in Merlin. If you fancy going to see that, it will be on, on Fox on the 28th of January at 9pm if you want to go watch that. Then we have on uh, Sky One, we have Resident Alien, which I'm very much looking forward to. This is uh, 28th of January at 9pm. This is an adaptation of a, of a Dark Horse comic book. It stars Adam Tudyk as a a alien that has to pretend to be a doctor in a small town and uh, he's, his ship has crashed. He ends up becoming this doctor in a small town but it turns out that he was sent there to decide whether Earth is worth saving or not was, was sort of the, the idea of it. So uh, it looks really, really funny but um, if you resident alien, that's uh, Sky One on 28th of January at 9pm for that. We have The Great Escapist which season one of that comes to Amazon Prime on the 29th of January. This is Richard Hammond and Mythbusters Tony Bellici 
she who are both stranded together on a desert island and as you can imagine with two people like that they're basically making bizarre stuff out of things that wash up on the beach is kind of the idea so they've you've seen them making like cars and other bits and pieces but it looks like it could be a fun and very silly show if you want to go watch that uh, that's called the great escapist and we also have the drowning which is coming to channel five it's i think it's an original drama for them uh first of february at 9 p.m that's on channel five jill halfpenny and rupert perry jones star in a drama about a woman who believes she has spotted her son who disappeared nine years earlier and uh, nobody believes that she's seen him and she goes kind of chasing after this kid so that's the drowning that's on the first of february at 9 p.m on channel five and the blacklist makes a surprise rather early return i don't think anybody thought this would be back quite this early the blacklist Mm -hmm. season eight that is coming to sky one on the second of february at 9 p.m and i'm looking forward to that being back because uh it's still running in america it's i I really think it helped that they had two episodes but they were pretty much the last season right so they put those out and then they had like a six week break ah and then they came back for episode three so i think that's why we've managed to catch up with them so to speak so yeah. we'll, only like, we'll only be like two episodes behind so that's quite good yeah that's much earlier than it usually is because I mean it's been like April last year it was June the year before that so <laughs> I'm very very happy that that's back so early because I really enjoy that show so uh, yes uh, The Blacklist season 8 2nd of February at 9pm on Sky 1 for that that's all the news we've got for this week where can people find you if they want to go and find you because do you have a new place to go you can find me on my Twitter which is um, excuse me it's A-L-M-A-S-Y-K-I-N-N-E-A-S on Twitter but you can also find me on my brand spanking new the new website smell is still there hollywoodnorthnews.net and on Twitter we're hollywoodnorth5 and on Instagram we're hollywoodnorthnews so at the moment we're just getting things started on there right now I have a little recommendation of a Hollywood North as a Canadian show where I talk about Continuum and how awesome that show was it was awesome that show yes. I talk about this show that was cancelled too soon called Endgame which is about a crime solving chess champion <laughs> and I'd, and also this is your normal news stuff like talking about Nancy Drew as it's just come back this week in the US and Canada so yeah so if you head over there maybe give us a follow that would be greatly appreciated yes you can find all that stuff at hollywoodnorthnews.net those wondering by the way Hollywood North is the catch all name that people give to, to the filming in Canada isn't it it's sort of Vancouver yeah. and, and, and Toronto yeah and so. Toronto yeah so uh, the site's kind of focused mainly on the things that shoot up in Canada which is pretty much most of the sci-fi that you watch and yeah, all and the superheroes yeah, all all the, nearly all the CW watch yeah across from Canada so, and my next article that will come out is something I'm calling Arrowverse Alley and what it does is I'll just talk about Arrowverse stuff I'll be talking about the first two episodes of Batwoman just to get people in the know about that cool that'll be something to look out for so go and check that out that's uh, hollywoodnorthnews.net for other people of course you can go and find Bex over on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites that's Trista B Y-T-E-S and uh, she's streaming pretty much daily and uh, great fun to just 
sit and listen and hear her chat about games and watch her build Lego and, uh, and uh, various other things and try not to burn her house down. And Matt, you can, of course, go and find over at entertainmenttalk.org for lots and lots of podcasts and stuff which he has going out regularly over there. For us, you can find us at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Geektown, and on Instagram at Geektown UK. That is everything for us this week. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.